shit, people. It's another chin check. And yo, I will tell you, this weekend's fights, hey, there's titles on the line, right? So on Friday, we got LFA. Man, LFA is back again. You know what I mean? With a, a great friggin' main event. It is um, Charles Johnson against Carlos Mata for the flyweight strap. Johnson defending it, and he's been looking uh, dangerous. So, oi, no easy task right there. And then the first pay-per-view of the year, UFC 270. Right, the heavyweight Francis Ngano putting the strap on the line against Cyril Gunn in the main event, and the co-main, it's the trilogy. Brandon Moreno is you know I mean it's his first title defense against previous champion Davison Figueredo, another flyweight championship. And boy, both cards, whew, crazy fights, people, crazy fights. So we're going to break down all that goddamn action. So sit back and let's go. Okay, so Friday night, we have another LFA card, LFA 28. Ooh. And uh yeah, it is um, you know what I mean? We've got fun. We have a title fight on the card. Three of the fighters are making their promotional debut. You know what I mean? So uh yeah, it's a uh, it's a fun one, people. The card um everything starts off with a uh oh gosh who are we starting off with hmm let me double check right we've got a welterweight clash sherrick shields against jeremiah carfright um both making their promotional debuts right Shield is um, on a currently on a free fight win streak. We last saw him in July last year. Right, he had a, a unanimous win over Cameron Royart at Cage Sport sixty one, and that was his pro debut. So this will be second pro fight now. He's going up against Jeremiah Cartwright, who is on a four-fight win streak. And um, he last fought against Zach Davis in December last year. Right, So that was at Shamrock FC 334. Got a first-round finish. So, um, yeah, when you look at things, Cartwright, I, he's had uh, six pro fights, lost his first two and a boxing fight. But then, yeah, 
he's been on a on a you know a four fight MMA win streak and the boxing. So he lost the box, same match, came back, won one, and then he's been, uh, yeah, looking pretty stellar with his MMA fights. And all of his wins, they've all been finishes, including the boxing fight, right? So um, I think that says something. You know what I mean? I, I think that's definitely, yeah, definitely something. Though, right? Shields in his amateur career, you know, he's got um he's got submissions, right? And uh two submissions and three TKOs. You know, so it, it's an interesting one, but I feel that Cuff right he's got the edge, right? I think he's got the edge because of that pro experience. Now, they're both making their promotional debut, so this will be the biggest stage both have fought on, but I think the edge goes to Jeremiah Cuffright. So from there, we jump down to a... Ugh, Catchweight. Speaking of what the fuck do you call it? What's that thing? It's a catchweight fight. We have Jeff Shield, Jeff Shell, and Dan Moriarty fighting at 130 pounds. I'd imagine they are both uh, flyweights, right? But because of the situation, maybe it's a short notice. Yeah, you know, they they decided to uh, run it at 130. Which, you know, not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. So, um, I was saying Jeff is Jet Shell. All right, Jet Shell. He's on a two-fight win streak. Okay, so um, he is making his LFA debut. All right, uh, we last saw him fight... In October last year, he had a TKO over Thomas Jacks, right? Before that, he had a, a submission. He got an Americana against Sammy Rogers. And, uh, yeah, that was July last year. So he basically went pro in, uh, you know, in 2021, right? Lost his pro debut. That was a decision in uh, May, but then came back in July, got a win, and then got another one in October. So, man, got to respect that hustle. You know what I mean? Now, when you look at his amateurs, he um, he won four fights, three by submission, one by TKO, his last amateur fight by TKO. He lost a couple via submission, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's amateurs, right? So he's going up against Dan Moriarty, who is on a seven-fight win streak. I mean, that's pretty impressive, you know? So uh, he went pro last year as well in August, Made his debut at LFA 114. Souza via Garcia got a first round stoppage over Joey Scanlon. 
you know, which was, uh, yeah, that was a good win. That's a good win. So he had six amateur fights, all of them that he won, right? Um, he had one submission and one, you know, knockout out of that six. So, I mean, again, it, it, it's, a, it's a close situation, right? But I think, I think Shell might have the edge. I think he might have the edge when you think, right, he had three fights last year over Moriarty's one. And, uh, yeah, all, you know what I mean? All these wins have been um, via stoppage, you know, submission or TKO. So, I don't know. It, on paper, right, because you never know, on paper, it looks like Shell might have the advantage when it comes to the groundwork, to the jujitsu, right? They, they both got knockouts. But, yeah, I think on paper, you're looking at Shell. So I'm going to say Shell gets that win. But, boy, you never friggin' know with these things, man, at this early in people's careers. So we then go to our sole featherweight fight on the card. we got AJ Cunningham against Fred Freeman. All right, so... Uh, AJ Austin, um, he won his last fight, right? Which um, was against Jonathan Jackson in September last year. It was a split decision at Altitude MMA Fights 22. So he has fought on LFA before, you know what I mean? He fought at LFA 102, Souza v. Johns. He lost a unanimous decision to Javier Garcia. Uh, that was in March last year. So, yeah, two fights in 2021, a loss and a win. You know, but looking at the other fights, right? So, he's had three submissions you know what I mean three submissions and he's had three stoppages three TKOs slow even you know what I mean um, he won one by a decision so, yeah, you, you know, I mean, well, including last year, yeah, you know, two decision wins to rest stoppages um, in his amateur career. Yeah, kind of the same. You know, what I mean, he uh, well, in these amateurs, he had a lot more submissions. You know, what I mean? he's got eight, nine submissions. I mean, no, ten think 10 submissions which is uh yeah it's pretty good right that's pretty and all different you know what i mean a, a complete mixture so he's going up against fred freeman who um also won his last fight right so uh 
Yeah, Fred, he, you know, I mean, he's fought on Bellator a couple of times. Bellator 187 and 223. So two losses, right? So he lost to Kevin Ferguson Jr. by a rear naked and uh, Aaron Chalmers. Huh. Aaron Chalmers. Oh no. Aaron Chalmers is not good. Whew. Yeah, that, that's not the best loss to have on your Aaron Chalmers is not good. He was a reality TV star, and Bellator just kind of fed him cans. Uh I mean, I think the polite word is um <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i mean when you look at that right i i think i've got to say right because yeah i i i have to side here with cunningham you know what i mean I, I, yeah i think i've got to side with cunningham because you shouldn't use to Aaron Cunningham. Aaron Chalmers. All right. So, yeah, I'm going to with Cunningham for the win in that one. So, we then uh, jump to uh, first of our two lightweight clashes. We have uh, Gassio El Jaro against William Stark. So, this is our feature bout. All right. And uh, Elizaro. You know, he's, um, and he's had a tough time. He's on a free fight losing streak, right? All in, uh, L yeah, they were all his LFA fights. So he's been there, right? He, he, he's got to, you know, a big promotion. But also, I will say, the three losses, right? So Christian Agliera, uh, LFA 81, Right then, Aaron McKenzie at LFA eighty eight, and Chris Brown at LFA one thirteen, and that was the big slam finish that Brown got. Right, so <coughs> oh, excuse me, pupils, uh, little allergies today, man. But you know, so, but they are all. Very good opponents, right? They are all very good opponents. So there is no shame in those, right? When we look at his, uh, you know, his career, he's got wins via knockout. Um, he's got ooh, a couple of submissions. You know what I mean? So, yeah, he, you know, he, he knows his way around things. Right. Um, but he is going up against William Starks, right? Who is on a free fight win streak. So yeah, kind of the complete opposite. Right. And uh yeah, Starks, you know, he's also fought at LFA. He fought on one of the same cards, you know, as uh his opponent. Fought on LFA 114, uh, where he got a second round rear naked choke against 
Irfan uh, Motovonovic. Um, and yeah, he's got you know knockout wins. He he's got uh, you know three subs as a pro. You know, and I think coming in with that sort of confidence, a free fight winning streak, you know what I mean? I'm going to go with uh, Starks to get the win. So we then go to our co-main event, right? We've got Arthur um, Estragelas against Brant. More. This is our second lightweight clash, people. Okay, so um, Istrasulas, he is uh, coming off a loss in his last fight, right? That was at LFA 97, where he challenged for the title. He fought Nick Browning, right? So um, he lost that via a decision. That was in January last year. Um, but, you know, he, he won um, his, uh, his first two LFA fights to get to that title shot, right? So he beat uh, Steve Kroler at LFA 69. And... Then he beat Dominic Clark at LFA 88. You know, right? so both of those rear naked chokes, both in the first round. So, you know, he's definitely got skills, right? Definitely got skills. He's fought in the PFL. Um, he's fought in Bellator. You know, so, yeah, you know, he's, he's got skills. Right, got skills. He is going up against Brant Moore. And Moore is on a seven, a seven fight win streak, which, uh, yeah, that's impressive. Right, that's impressive. So he's fought at the last four LFAs. Right, starting at uh, LFA 73, he got a decision win over Edmilson Freitas. At LFA 78, he grabbed a rear naked choke over Nation Gibrick. At LFA 89, he got a decision over Joe Chilente. And at LFA 99, got a decision up against Ago Huzik. So yeah, he I mean he can go the distance, but he can also choke you out, right? He, he because yeah, he, he does like a submission. Rear naked choke does seem to be the one he does like, but he also got a von flu, you know what I mean? So uh yeah, he's definitely skilled. Definitely skilled. He, you know, he's he's had uh, TKOs in his uh, amateur career. So, people, I feel that you know, with that momentum, yeah, gotta go with Brandt more, right? He, he's got a complete skill set. 
And yeah, he's just going to be coming in just so confident. Right? And that, people, takes us to our title fight, our main event. We have got Carlos Mota against Charles Johnson for the flyweight strap. So the last time we saw Mota, actually, who is on a nine-fight win streak, was at LFA 112, right? The the second card in Brazil, right? Uh, the where the welterweight Grand Prix took a place. He beat Jefferson Oliveira that night via decision. Um, he also, you know, fought at LFA 79, uh, Royville v. Williams. And he beat George Martinez that night with a body kick in the first round, early in that first round. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty, you know, impressive. Um, And when you look at that, right, so that fight took place in November 2019. So, you know, I mean, fighting in the Grand Prix on that card, and he he'd been out for a little while because of COVID, I'm imagining. Um, but yeah, definitely coming in with momentum. But when you go up against energy, you need every bit of confidence you can get because boy, Charles Johnson is legit. So he's on a free fight win streak, you know. Um, and yeah. He, yeah, he, he like, listen, he, he's been in there with some tough dudes. Tough dudes, for sure. So, um, yeah, he, he lost to Brandon Royville at LFA 48. You know, decision. Um, he then did three boxing fights. He lost to one the last Came back to LFA, right? LFA 100. And he got an Anaconda choke over Carly Paragillion, which was, that was a very impressive fight. Um, And that was in February 2021, right? He then fought at LFA 110, headlined it, got a split decision over Yuma Horiguchi, I don't think it should have been split. I thought Johnson clearly won the fight. It was close, but Johnson won the fight. Then, um, oh, and that's where he won the belt, right? So won the belt, defended it at LFA 114, where he beat uh, Jao Camillo in the second round. And boy, he looked very good in that one. Right, so um, had three fights last year: February, July, and then August. So you know, what I mean, Johnson, he's up for a battle. Right, he's up for a battle, and I feel a win on Friday night could get him that call to the UFC. And I'm going with Johnson because he's just got that confidence. You know what I mean? And, man, you know he's not going to let go of that belt, right? So, uh, yeah, I'm going with Charles Johnson 
for the win. I am very much looking forward to this card, people. Very much looking forward to this card. Okay, people. So, Saturday night, we have our first pay-per-view of the year. And it's a banger. UFC 270. And, you know, when it comes to the big pay-per-views, you need a great commentary team. And this night, we will be getting Joe Rogan, John Anik, and Daniel Cormier. Cool. How many great fights have these motherfuckers called, right? So, what a great way to start things off, right? What a great way to kick off the year with um, 13 fights and these great guys on the call. People, let's break things down. Okay, people, so... The uh, pay-per-view kicks off with the early prelims. And we have three fighters making their debut. Man, um, yeah, two are coming off of um, the Contender Series, right? Um, yeah, you know, they all look like great fights, right? We start off... With the ladies flyweights, right? So um yeah, only the, the first of two flyweight fights on the card. Uh this be the ladies, and later on we got the men, but we have got Jasmine Jazdavejevich against Kay Hansen. So um man, Jasmine, she looked Really good in a contender series fight against Julia Polistri. She really just took it to Polistri, right? You you thought, and uh, the, the fight might get stopped, but you know what I mean. It went the decision, but um, yeah, Justavievich looked very good. So she's uh, six and one. Right on a two fight winning streak, her only loss was a split decision. You know, what I mean? so it, it was a close fight, right? It could have gone either way, but yeah, she looks a problem. She is going up against Kay Hansen, who um, is coming off a loss, but you know, I mean? look, she's 10th planet, she has got skills. Right, she was killing it in Invicta, and I do believe if she had stayed in Invicta longer, she'd be getting a title shot. You know what I mean? Uh, but came to the UFC and beat Jin Yufei, right? Got a uh, a triangle in the third round, and she was winning that fight all the way through. She looked really good in that fight. So uh, that that was very impressive, you know. I mean, very impressive. Her next fight against Corey McKenna, I did think it was kind of close. It was a close one. So you know, what I mean, it was. It was, look, you're no one's going to be happy with a loss, but it, she didn't get dominated. This one is. Interesting, because I, although I do feel that fight against McKenna was close, 
she was getting hit, right? She was getting hit. And with the striking we saw from Jazdovejevic, that's going to be a problem, right? That, that's definitely going to be a problem. And I think that... Uh, let me just double-check, right? Because Jazdovejevic is a 68-inch reach, and Hansen's a 63, yeah. Jasavej has got a five-inch reach, right? She's also five inches taller as well. I that's going to be a problem, man. Uh, now, it all depends, right? It all depends on what version of Hansen we see. Because that Hansen who fought Jin Fei and was killing in Invicta wasn't necessarily the, the one we saw against McKenna. But going off the last fight, which, you know, is so subjective, right? I'm going to have to go with Jastaveyevich. But Kay Hansen has all the skills, all the skills to win that fight, for sure. So we then jump up to the lightweight division. And we have got... Janeiro uh, Valadez against Matt Farola. So, um, Ella Readato. <laughs> I, I butchered that for sure. Um, he is 10 and 0 on a 10 fight win streak. Whoo! I mean, that's impressive. That's impressive, right? I believe he trains with the champ. Believe he trains with the champ. He comes out of that gym. Uh, yeah, he got a who early second round stoppage on the contender series. Beat Patrick White. Right, looked very good, very good. Um, and those ten wins, I think they're all finishes. Right, uh, TKOs. He's got um, a couple of submissions up in there. But, yeah, he is tough. Tough. And most of the fights, he is finishing early. He's finishing those fights early. Now, he's going up against a Matt the Steamroller Farola, who, um, you know, he's on a two-fight skid, right? He's on a two-fight skid at the moment. But, Matt Farola is tough as hell. You know what I mean? Look, he, he came to the UFC, right, off the 2017 Contender Series. You know, his second-round triangle over Luke Flores. He lost his debut against Polo Reyes, right, but then got a draw with Lando Venada, which, I mean, Venada is tough as hell, so that's impressive. He then got a decision over Jalen Turner. Hey, Turner has been looking great, so that's an impressive win. He got a split decision over Luis Pena. Pena started that fight really well, and Ferrola just, man, just took over. Right, so, you know, pretty impressive. He got he lost, but it was a decision to Armen Tshagian, right? He is tough too, you know what I mean? 
Now, the last time out, right, it, it was a quick loss to Terence McKinney. But Terence McKinney is a problem. He's a fucking problem, man. But I, I think it just shows, Favola, he's been in there with some tough peoples. Been in there with some tough peoples. And he's got some very good decisions, right? He's won by submission. He's won by TKO. Right, we know that he has got skills. Right, we know he's got skills. So, you know what? I'm gonna go with Ferola. Right, because he's been training at, uh, you know, Longo, Sarah MMA. He's been doing that, and we know he's tough. Right, he knows he doesn't want a third loss on the record. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Matt Ferola. For the win. So our next fight, we got the straw weights, right? We have got uh Salvana Juliez against Vanessa Demopoulos. And this it's an interesting fight, right? So they are both coming off losses in the last fight, right? Um, you know, Julavez, she is 10 and 3. And the interesting thing, so she made her UFC debut. I do believe she was a late replacement, but she lost to Lapita Gudinez, right? Got caught with an armbar. You know, these things happen. But yeah, before that, right, she'd won three fights, one decision, two, two stoppages. Her loss before that was against. Ariana Lipsky, and we know how tough Lipsky is, you know what I mean? Her other loss was against Pulliana Botelio, and we know how tough she is, you know what I mean? Two UFC fighters, so there's no shame in that, no shame in that at all. And I say this is an interesting one, because, you know, uh, Demola, Demopoulos, she's six and four, coming off a loss herself, right? And that loss was her um, UFC debut to JJ Aldridge. You know what I mean? And she also lost to Lapida Goudinez in LFA, at LFA 94. Uh, Goudinez beat her for the title. Right, it was a, a bit of a tough one, but she won the title at LFA 85, beat Sam Hughes, got an inverted triangle. Right, she was losing the fight, but she's so tough. Hughes took her down, and Donopoulos just caught that inverted track. It was it was crazy. It was a crazy one. She then got to the contender series, lost to Corey McKenna. And then lost the belt the next fight. So that was that was very tough. But came back at LFA 103 and beat Cynthia Areco early in that first round. You know what I mean? Which got her to the UFC. But um, yeah, that that that's the thing, man. It, it gets tough. Gets tough when you're running in the top promotion, you know. So I think this is it's an interesting fight. Now, Donopoulos, she's got submissions, 
right? She's got some mission. She did compete in Medusa recently. Won one, lost one, right? But she lost to Fatima Klein. And Klein, she's top as shit. She is, I mean, she was very impressive. So, yeah, this is an interesting fight, right? I do think, though, I do think that, you know what I mean? Um, Julian Ayres, she's only lost to top people. And, you know, she's 10 and 3, right? Pretty impressive. I feel, you know, and she's coming from the champs gym as well. I think she's going to, I think that everyone coming from that gym is going to be on a vibe, right? Going to be on a vibe. Brandon Moreno is really just inspired so many people. So, yeah, I'm going to say that Juliez, I think she's going to get the win. You know what I mean? I think she's going to get the win. Um, But, yeah, it's going to be interesting, right? So, from there, our last fight on the early prelims, we have got Siamin Oliveira against Tony Grappley in the bantamweight division. And, uh, you know, uh, Oliveira, he is 10 and 3 on a five fight win streak, right? And he is coming to the UFC via the contender series, right? He beat Jose Alde. It was a split decision, but yeah, got that contract, man. It was a good fight. Um, and yeah, you know, you look at his previous fights, he's got TKOs, he's got submissions. So yeah, he's got a good skill set. He does like a guillotine. Does like a guillotine, it would look like, right? So he is going up against Tony Gravely. Um, Gravely is 27, 21 and 7. Coming off a loss, but you know what I mean? There is a difference in experience here. Um, Gravely does like to wrestle. Does like to wrestle. Uh, which, I mean, going up against that guillotine, that, I mean, that is something, right? Now, I think that's something we have to take into consideration. Um, Gravely is also a contender series vet. He got to the UFC via the 2019 season. Um, lost to Brett Johns, but then won his next two. But then lost to Nate Manis. Uh, got caught in the second, you know. But... Yeah, I mean, Gravely is tough, man. This like it's a it's a tough debut. It's definitely a tough debut, and I think I'm gonna go. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with uh, Gravely for the win. I think I'm gonna go with Gravely for the win. But boy, I mean, that it, it's a fun fight. It's definitely a fun fight, and. Uh, yeah, good way to start this pay-per-view off, people. Okay, so the prelims. Man, again, we have got um, four fighters this time actually making their debut, right? And, uh, oh, gosh, 
two of those fighters are coming off of the contender series. You know what I mean? So, uh, hey, this boy, these are more great fights. Jesus Christ, we are getting spoiled, people. All right, so the first fight, we have got Pete Rodriguez against Jack Della Madalena. It's a welterweight fight. Um, so yeah, Rodriguez, he is four and as a pro. He's on a six fight win streak. Right, and uh, yeah, his last fight was on Icon Fighting Federation. Right, so that one was in June last year. I think that was the last icon before uh, Gamebred decided to buy it. You know what I mean? First round stoppage. He fought on the card before that. Again, first round. Uh, he fought on the third, first round, and the second card got a first round. So, you know what I mean? Very impressive. All finishes. All finishes, you know. So that last one was against Roberto Pixley. Um, which, you know, I think it says something in the, in his amateurs. Again, a lot of, you know, a lot of stoppages. You know. Um, yeah, all TKOs, right. Um, he lost a couple of times. Uh one decision, one submission. But yeah, Rodriguez is no joke. Now, he is going up against Jack Della Madadalena, who, um, you know, he's fought more, right? He's 10 and 2 on a 10 fight win streak. And he's coming via the contender series last year. He beat Angeloza. Right, um, yeah, he got a decision win there. Uh, before that, a load of stoppages, a load of TKOs. Um, he lost his first two pro fights, but yeah, one TKO, one submission, and then just put on this run. Put on this run, man. All finishes. Um, one, so, well, Apart from the contender series, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, nine TK, eight TKOs, one submission. Pretty impressive. He had one amateur fight, which he won via submission. And this, I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> this is definitely a pick of He looked good on the contender. You know what I mean? He looked good on the contender, which was in August last year. Um, Rodriguez, his last fight, as mentioned, was um, June. So, I think I'm going to say Magdalena, uh, just because he fought more recently, and he, he, you know, he's a 10th fight win streak, you know, so he's just going to come with all the confidence, you know what I mean? But, fuck, both are on a tear. Both are looking good. So, who knows? 
Right, our next fight is another welterweight clash. We've got Trevin Giles against Michael Morales. So, uh, you know, the problem, Trevin Giles, he's 14-3, and three, coming off a loss in his last fight, right? Which was uh, from Drukas Dupise, who, I mean, he's looked very good. Right, he's looked ah man. The South African came in blazing. Uh, so that was at UFC 264, Poirier v McGregor, uh, July last year. Um, before that, though, he had some good, he had some very good wins, you know. He beat um, James Krause. I mean, I thought Krause won that fight, it was a split decision, but. A win's a win, right? He then beat Bevan Lewis. Third round stoppage. That was impressive. Because Lewis started that fight very well, you know. And Giles came back. Um, and he beat Roman Delize, you know, which, hey, again, that's no joke. That's no joke. I think that might have been Delize's last welterweight fight as well. Um uh, so, yeah, he's been in there with some tough opposition. Some tough opposition. He beat Ryan Spann in LFA, right, before Spann went up to uh, light heavy. Beat Ike Villanera. You know what I mean? He, he, Chevin Giles, he beat Brandon Allen. You know what I mean? He, he's beat some very tough opposition. You know, so... Um, yeah, he's got a few losses, but, you know, Zach Cummins and Jaron Marshall, not easy fights at all. So, you know, this is, I mean, this is an interesting one, but he's going up against Michael Morales, right? Morales is 12 and 0, 12 fight win streak. And uh, we last saw him do his thing on the Contender Series. Beat Nikolai Verentanikov. <laughs> That's not how you say that one. <laughs> and and oh, he's been putting it on people. He really has, man. TKOs. He's got some missions. And he looked... Really good on the contender series, right? That was September last year. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I'm gonna go with Morales. Is he, he looks so good, right? All that confidence. So yeah, I'm gonna say Morales, but yeah, Trevor Giles. Don't sleep on him, man, because he, we've seen him be down and come back very impressively. So we then drop all the way down to the bantamweight division. We have Victor Henry against Rani Barcelos um, and La, La Mangosta. Old Victor Henry, he is 21 and 5. Won his last fight, right? Um, that was at LXF 
six, got a rear naked choke against Albert Morales. And that was a very good fight, actually. I, I watched that fight. Yeah. Which is an interesting one. Because I, you know what I mean? I don't really... I don't really watch that promotion. But, yeah, I've, I've watched it. And Victor Henry, whew, no joke. No joke. Right? He's fought everywhere. A lot in Japan. Uh, risen. Deep. You know? Um, got those wins. He's fought in Pancras. So, yeah, he's been around. He's fought some, you know, good, very good promotions. Very good promotions, you know. And, yeah, as I said, right, 21 and 5. So, he's he's a vet. He is a vet. Now, he's going up against Arani Barcelos, who is 16 and 2. Now, he's coming off a loss in his last fight. Um. That was though to Tim Timur Valiev, right? Valiev is a problem. <laughs> He's a problem, right? So um, that fight was in uh, June last year, you know. Um, and uh, but but you know before that, right? He beat Kahid Taha. Sahid Numamegadov, right? Carlos Huchin, Chris Gutierrez, Kurt Holborough. No easy fights, right? None of those are easy fights. I do believe he was an RFA champion, you know, as well. So he has definitely had the higher caliber of opponents. So, yeah, I, I think because of that, because of the caliber that Barcelona's has been up against, I'm going to pick him in this one. Right. And we are going to close the prelims with a, a really good fight. Featherweights. We have got Charles Jordan against Ilya Tapora. Right. So, um, yeah, Jordan, air yeah, Jordan, right? He is 12-4-1, coming off a win in his last fight. And uh, that was against Andre Yule. And Yule started well, but Jordan just turned it on. God damn, he really turned it on, man. He looked very impressive in that fight. Right, that was um, on the last UFC card of the year, right, December last year. Um, yeah, you know he, he's fought some tough people. He's won some tough fights. Don Hoi Choi beat him. You know what I mean? That is no easy one. Lost to Andre Yule, right? Lost to Julian Arosa, but both very tough. You know what I mean? Beat Marcelo Rojo, right? That's a great win. So, um, yeah, it, it, Jordan has fought some tough people. The problem is, he's going up against El Matador, right? Ilya Tapora, who, 
Jeez. Right? He's 11 and 0. 11 fight win streak. You know? He, he's a problem, man. Like, you saw what he did to Ryan Hall. Right? Shut Hall down. Beat him in the first round. No one had done to Ryan Hall what Tapura did to Ryan Hall. You know what I mean? That was July last year. Um, right, I remember Yusuf Zalao came to the UFC and looked so fucking impressive. I believe he came via LFA, got a flying knee in his last fight for LFA, came to UFC, looked great, looked great. Tapura just shut him down. Shut him down. You know what I mean? That's what Tapura does, right? Finish Damian Jackson and then finish Ryan Hall. Only three fights in the UFC, and he has been sensational. He has been sensational, people. So I don't think you can go up against Ilya Tapura. Right, El Matador is the dude. So yeah, I'm 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 saying that, but that is a great fight to lead us into the main card, people. So our main card, we've got three very intriguing fights before we get to the title double header, people, and we still have one more debut. One more debut up in there, right? So we start off with um, Wellington Truman against Rodolfo Vieira in the middleweight division. Our sole middleweight fight on the card, people. Okay? So the prodigy, Wellington Truman, he is 17 and 5. And Coming off a win in his last fight, which you know he he definitely needed. You know, he he definitely needed that win. Is it it's been a bit of an up and down situation for him since coming to the UFC. Lost his debut against Carl Robeson. He then beat Marcus Perez, but lost to Andrew Sanchez. And Bruno Silva. So he managed to get a split decision over Sam Alvey. And that was August last year. You know. Um, and yeah, you know, he, he's got some skills, right? He's, he does have some skills. And he, he does have um, a few submissions on the record. You know, nothing recently, but, you know, he's got some submissions. Thing is, right, he's going up against the black belt hunter, Rodolfo Vieira, who, I mean, he's a multiple time, a multiple time jiu-jitsu world champion. You know what I mean? He's eight and one, coming off a win in his last fight. Right, and he will be known because you know, in a lot of people's you know, um, upsets of the year or submission of the year was his 
loss to Anthony Fluffy Hernandez, who got him in a uh, guillotine, right? At UFC 258, Usman v. Burns in February last year. Right, which was a shock, but right, the, the thing with that that submission and no, no shade on the vendors, but it was a great win, right? He came back with a plum in that fight, but I think everyone would fairly say that submission came because you know Vieira was so fatigued, so fatigued, it was crazy. Was insane. Um, now he did course correct. He beat Dustin Stolfus. You know I mean, uh, in July last year, got a third round a rear naked, and in that fight, you could definitely see he'd worked on the cardio. wasn't perfect, but he'd worked on it. He he was um, modulating the output a lot better. So, yeah, he, he came back with a win. And, you know, that was July. So I think he, he's he, if he's sensible, he still would be working on the cardio. But when you take those skill sets, the jiu-jitsu and everything else, I've got to go with Vieira for the win in, uh, in that one, people. You know what I mean? Yeah, got to go with Vieira. So we then go to the bantamweight division, right? So, um, yeah, that's our second bantamweight and our last, no, our third, sorry, our third and last bantamweight fight on the card. We have Sadid Numamegadedov against Cody Stamen, right? So um, Stamen, the Spartan. He's 19-4-1 on a two-fight skid. Um, so, yeah, he, he's last. I mean, those last two fights, right? Jimmy Rivera, that was July 2020, lost a decision. And then he got, lost a decision to Marab in uh, May last year. And, I mean, Marab just... Put it on him. Put him on him. So, yeah, props to Stamen for staying in that fight. Right? Because Marab had him in submissions. And it mounted. He just all bad. All bad positions. So, you know, Stamen is tough, right? He, he's got a win over Brian Kelleher. Um, Young Sadong, right? Two very good fights. Alihero Perez. You know, got um, Aljamain Sterling, the current champ in a knee bar, right? Beat Brian Carraway. Um, you know, he he retired Tom uh, Dukenois, right? Dukenois was the young gun coming in. He was very impressive. But, yeah, Stamen beat him, you know? So, Stamen has, has got some very good wins, so yeah, this current situation is just a bit, it's a bit rough, you know what I mean? But we know, um, we know his quality. Now he's going up against, um, Sir, Sir, 
Sad Saeed Numagedamedov, right? Who is 14 and 2, coming off a win in his last fight. Uh, as mentioned earlier, people, he lost to uh, Rani Barcelos. You know, lost a decision to him in 2019, but came back, beat Mark Striegel early, right? Early um, October 2020. Didn't fight at all last year. Um, but yeah, he, he he really did his thing then. You know, he, he's beat uh, Ricardo Ramos, Justin Stoggins in his other UFC fights. But, um, you know, he, he's tough as fuck. <laughs> he, he is very tough. And, yeah, I think it's, it's hard to... Um, it's hard to go up against it. You know, he's got submissions. You know, adding in, like, the knockouts now. Got a body kick win over Ramos. And then, uh, you know... Knocked out Striegel. Right. So um look, we know Stamen's tough, right? And Numagreda Godov is very tough. But I'm gonna have to go with Saeed. Gonna have to go with Saeed on this one. Um uh, but it's an interesting clash for sure. So we then jump up to Welterweight, our featured fight of the night. And we have Andre Fallu against Michel Pierre. Um, a fight that was meant to happen um, last week, I believe, but it got moved to this one. Um, and yeah, Fallu, right? He is 14 free with one no contest. He is on a four fight win streak. And he. Um, yeah, he, he, he was been tearing it up over at UAE Warriors. You know, um, he has three finishes in um, the three events he has fought for them, uh, 2022 20, and 24. Right, all very impressive, all in the first round. The last one coming October last year. He actually fought um, June, September, and October. So yeah, kept a kept a busy schedule, right? He also fought January last year, so four fights, right? And that first fight was, I think, mean, it was one a lot of people took notice of him, right? It was X MMA one, and he flatlined James Vick in that fight. Right, that David left the UFC. He, he, we thought he was retiring, but he, he took that fight, and yeah, Fallow just whew, cleaned his clock. Um, yeah, you know he's fought in the PFL, um, LFA. He he fought Chris Curtis over in the PFL. Uh, Curtis won that fight, but we all know how good Chris Curtis is, right? Um, yeah, no, so, look, Philo is very tough, very tough, and he fights out of Stanford MMA, right, great, great camp, 
So he's going up against uh, Michel Pereira, who is 26-11 to no contest. To no contests. Um, so, yeah, like he came to UFC, beat Danny Roberts spectacularly, right? Flying knee. But then he, he, he came in heavy against Tristan Connolly, who was a late replacement, and Connolly won that fight, which was crazy. Um, he was beating Diego Sanchez until he landed that illegal knee, which was insane, insane. But he came back, right, got three wins, uh, Zelim Imedov beat him rear naked choke in the third round. Um, now I will say, right? So he beat Chaos Williams that same year. I thought Williams won that fight. I thought Williams won that fight. The Nico Price fight again, that was another close one. Um, that was his sole fight of last year. So I, I think there's still a little bit, I'd say, of an asterisk over Pereira, right? Because he does slow down in fights. He does slow down in fights. Um, he, he He's not doing as much of the crazy shit as he did do, right? Which is one thing. But uh, yeah, I'm actually, people, I'm actually going to go with Andre Fallo uh, to get the win in his UFC debut. You know what I mean? That, that's what I'm going to do, people. I'm rolling the dice. It should be a fun fight, though, to lead us in to this title double header. Okay, so now, people, now we get really fucking serious. All right, we have two title Fights to close this card. And we start off the co-main event. It's the trilogy. Davison Figueredo against Brandon Moreno for the flyweight strap. So, um, yeah, I mean, this fight, right? It was meant to be Andre Pedaneris, but he was injured. So, um, yeah, Figueredo, he was, you know, the logical next person. Um, he's 22 and one and he's coming off. Yeah. That crazy fight, that crazy fight in June at UFC 263 Adesanya v. Vittori 2, where hey, it was a third round finish, but Moreno just dominated that fight. Right. They originally fought at UFC 256 in December, um, the last pay-per-view of 2020. Um, and for both of them, it was that crazy turnaround because they both fought at UFC 255, right? Just a, a few days previous, a few days. I mean, <laughs> it was, I don't know, what, two weeks previous i think i believe um and in that one he beat alex perez right to his first title defense 
He had those two fights with Joseph Benavidez. Um, you know, first one he missed weight. So they did it again and he won that one. Um, but yeah, you know, he, he he's fought some great fights. He's won some great fights. Davison Figueredo is he is a problem. He is a legitimate problem, but hey, Brandon Moreno, right? That was just crazy. Now, I think the interesting thing in this one, so he went to fight ready, right? He's training with Henry Cejudo. Henry Cejudo, yeah. You know, and his team, right? So he's doing all of that. What I think is interesting, because all the press, right, all of a sudden, everything was cordial. And then Figueredo started to be like, oh, I'm going to win this for Henry. I'm going to serve Moreno's head on a plate to him. <coughs> oh, gosh. Excuse me, people. Um, and it was all this talk of, oh, Moreno's a trader. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And kind of came from nowhere. You know what I mean? It, it's like, so who know, you know what I mean? He's talking about coming back, but he's currently retired. Currently retired. So, if so, you, you know, if Sudo wants to come back, fine, right? You want to come back for you, challenge Moreno. Like the, the whole thing that oh, I'm doing this for so it seems weird, right? And it seems like it could be a distraction. Seems like it could be a distraction. You know, Figueredo definitely looked off in the last fight. He threw everything he could at Moreno in the first. I don't think you want to come into this fight with those sort of distractions, right? That's sort of crazy. I think he's probably using it to fire himself up, but I don't know. It could be a problem. It could be a problem, right? And Brandon Moreno, I mean, the assassin baby. What could we say about this motherfucker, right? He is 19-5-2 on a five-fight win streak. And, man, right? Those two crazy fights with Figueredo. You know, he beat Brandon Royville at UFC 255, right? Really. And with that fight, right? Because I thought he should have got the shot over um, Alex Perez. Yeah, and I thought with that rival fight, that was Moreno going, see, should have given me the fucking shot. The way he finished rival, right? He he just put it on him. And since coming back to the UFC, he had looked so good. So good, man. It it was it was crazy. It's crazy. You know, he 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 left the UFC. Um, yeah, and, and, and then just, I mean, it was just the whole weight cut situation and all of that kind of thing, but he went away, right? He, uh, got the big win in LFA, 
LFA 69 and came back, came back, right? It, it was a draw against Askarov, Askarov, which I feel he won that fight. That was a bit crazy. He beat Jose Formiga, who actually beat Figueredo as well. You know, he, he, he put together this impressive streak, got the title shot, and looked great. And with Moreno, we haven't seen any crazy. He's just playing with his Legos and training, you know? And, and I think that's the mentality you need to have. So, man, I, I, I just feel Moreno has just grown so much from those two fights. And I, I've got to go with Moreno, people. You know what I mean? I'm going with Brandon Moreno for... and. Still, I mean, and so that fight, right? A lot of intrigue there. It's a lot of controversy, a lot of drama, but woof, it's nothing on our next title fight, right? The heavyweights are going at it. Francis Ngano is putting his heavyweight strap on the line against Cyril Gan, who interim champ. Right, which I completely forgot about. You know what I mean? I mean, the interim champ is it's nothing really, right? It, it's just basically you're next. That's what the interim champ is to clarify who the next contender is, right? Um now there's a lot about footage, you know, training footage and all of that kind of jazz. And I think, right, Cyril Gann didn't put that footage out there. And I think every time Cyril Gann has talked, he's never claimed him and Francis were friends. He said they trained together. They were teammates. You know, Gano is all like, oh, we're not teammates. We only trained a few times. Right? It's all a little crazy. It's all a little crazy. Now, supposedly in that footage, um, I think Gan puts Ngano down, right? But Gan, he was just like, listen, training's training. You know, I had I had some good times. He had good times. It's just what it was. It's training. It's nothing. It's not who you really are, you know, which I think I thought that deaded it. But then Gano came out and said he knocked him out in training. But the crazy thing was, Gano's like, oh, yeah, no, but it was an accident. I didn't mean it. It's one of those things in training. I'm not proud of it. I wouldn't really talk about it. But it's just like, but you are talking about it. Like, what is happening here? It, it, it's all got a little weird. It's all got a little weird. I think couple that. With Ungano, you know, he's saying that in his next contract, there's got to be a boxing clause. He wants to fight Tyson Fury, which I, I don't know where that, like, that seems a crazy, crazy thing. Seems a crazy thing to want to do, right? Uh, and I think it's a distraction. You know, because after 
like before the first Stipe fight, Francis was doing similar. Right, he he was talking and it you know like oh after this I want to fight you know what I mean there was a lot of that and I think that again was a distraction he lost the Stipe fight you know the the come the second Stipe fight we saw that change he he wasn't doing that but I I think. To build up to this fight, it's got a little crazy. It's definitely got a little crazy. You know what I mean? Um, and Gan seems the more composed, right? I, I kind of feel he's 10 and 0. So he has less fights than Ngano, right? Ngano's 16 and 3. Um, Ngano's on a five fight win streak. You know, Gan hasn't lost yet. And I think Gan, man. Listen, I think a lot of people are picking Gan because of the way he moves, right? He he doesn't he doesn't rush. He's very meticulous in there. We saw the way he handled Junior De Santos, right? Jozinho um, Rosenstruck. He controlled Rosenstruck in that fight. Did the same to um, Volkov, right? And then the way he finished Derek Lewis, right? There was no fear from Garn in that fight, right? We saw Francis be hesitant. Garn was not hesitant. And I think the big thing that we see about Garn in his wins, he uses footwork. He uses the jab extremely well, extremely well. Then, like, you look at, you know, those early wins, right? His debut against Rafael Pareso, right? One with an arm, arm, a triangle, right? Arm triangle. He then, Dontel Mays, he got a motherfucking heel hook, right? So, two things that you're just like, wait, what? (laughs) What is happening here? You know, two great wins. So I think that, that's impressive. You just see the way Garn fights, it is super impressive. Now, now, you know, definitely, right? It's only seven fights in the UFC. Seven fights in the UFC, 10 fights overall. It's not a lot. It's not a lot. And when you compare it with Francis's record, right? So he's got the two fights with um, Majocic, right? Looked very good in the second. He beat Junior Janzino Rosenstruck, finished him. That was a crazy fight, right? There was no finesse. There was no, <laughs> you know, he, he, he just bum rushed forwards. Right, bum rush forwards, got him out there. Like he beat uh Dos Santos as well. Um beat Cain Velasquez, Curtis Blades, you know, very impressive, very impressive wins, you know, two wins over Curtis Blades. Right, so Francis, man, he's got that knockout power. He's got that knockout power. Got a Kimura 
over Anthony Hamilton. So he, you know, he had a submission, right? Um, those, those were the dread days. <laughs> but I think one thing that we have noticed about Francis, though, right? He can take your soul, right? What he did to Alistair Overeem, jeez, that was crazy. But here's the thing: he's had a load of early finishes, a load of early finishes, which that's great, right? Why wouldn't you want to finish a fight early, right? Get out there, still make the same monies. That's great. The problem with that is it, it, it doesn't give you enough time for the development. You know what I mean? Like, listen, you can do a great training camp but it's not the same as being in there on a fight night. So, you know what I mean? It, it's just like, it, it's a different animal, right? Going those five rounds, right? Testing the stamina, testing all of that stuff. And yes, he, he, he went the distance with Derek Lewis, but that was um, a free rounder. Now, the first Stipe fight, yeah, that was a five-rounder. But you saw, here's the thing, the power starts to diminish after the first round. Power starts to diminish after the first round. So, if Garn fights like Garn does fight, right, uses that footwork, uses that jab, keeps Francis at bay, and we see Garn does not rush. He's not reckless. So if he fights like that, I think Garn wins the fight. Now, Francis, isn't we as I said, look, against Rosenstruck, we saw him bum rush forward and land those hands. Right? If he can do that, yes, he can finish Garn for sure. But Rosenstrike doesn't have the same footwork as Garn, right? Garn is this new breed of heavyweight, right? Like Tom Aspinall. You know what I mean? Like uh, Chris Dorcas. This new breed with the speed and all of that. Now, Stipe, no, for sure, Stipe, he's not a heavy heavyweight, right? So you could put him in that same vein. But Stipe, Stipe is the greatest heavyweight, right? But he doesn't have the same footwork as a Cyril Garn. That's the difference. Right? So I just think, yes, Garno can knock out Garn for sure. For sure. If Garn slips up, if Garn, you know, takes things too easy, if he's complacent, he can get knocked out. I don't think we've seen that from Garn, right? I, I think everything we've seen from Garn leading into this fight shows us there's no complacency. And I think we're seeing Francis get distracted. That's what makes this so fucking intriguing. But you know what? I'm go You've got to pick one, right? So I'm going to go Garn. Gonna go gone, but as I said, it's the heavyweights, man. Anything can happen, but boy, oh 
boy, am I looking forward to this, people. Oh, my days. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Okay, so there you go, <laughs> people. Now, yes, sometimes, I, sometimes I'm wrong, but boy, all of these great fights, man. I'm, you know, I'm gonna be glued to the screen watching all of these. So we will see what happens. I'm gonna try and get maybe try and get Icon done, but. Friday's a busy day, man. I, I, I've got stuff at Echo Chamber that we got to lock down. There's some other things that are happening. So I'm going to try. Who knows? But there will be LFA. There will be UFC in the recap next week. So until then, people, enjoy the action.